0: In the history of humanity um, there's really a tale of two men that's it all you got to know is the tale of two men Adam the first man he was perfectly created by God and lived in a perfect world nothing was wrong with the world he knew God and he reflected his likeness but he rebelled against the God who loved him he doubted God's word he distrust God's goodness and he defiled God's law. His penalty was corruption and death to all mankind. The second man, Jesus Christ, was the eternal Son of God who took on flesh and came to live among us in this evil world. Now he perfectly fulfilled God's law, he revealed God's goodness, and he spoke God's word. He lovingly obeyed God's commands all of them not just a few right and he gave his life on the cross for all humanity now his reward was resurrection and the gift of eternal life for all mankind so the first plunged humanity into sin thanks adam the second freed people from their sin thank you jesus one cursed and and condemned the other achieved justification The first initiated mortality, the second inaugurated immortality. The first brought death, the second brought life. That's right. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. He says, But Christ has indeed been risen from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, Adam, The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. That's right. For as in Adam all die, so all in Christ, all will be made alive. Amen. Now, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest event in all history. Jesus' death reconciled us to God, and his resurrection brought us eternal salvation. Now, everything has changed... Since then, because Jesus lives, everything has changed. The Gaithers, they wrote a a song. They had a grandbaby, and they were so moved and stirred. They wrote wrote this song. Uh, I love the chorus of it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is, wor- is worth living. Why? Just because he lives. Well, today is a special day for Christians. It is Easter, it's the day we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Now, it's interesting that we think of this event only one day a year. Isn't that crazy? Well, the early Christians celebrated that that fact every single week. Did you know that? Every single week they would get together on the day that Jesus rose from the dead and they would celebrate it. Every week. They celebrated each week the resurrection of Jesus Christ, an event that changed not only the Christians of that day, but the worship of all humanity from then on. And today we have come to celebrate because of an empty tomb as well. We celebrate because Jesus lives. I want you to know today that because that tomb was empty, Jesus is alive. And there are four things that we can celebrate and be sure of. Because Jesus is alive, you can be sure that dark days will not last. Amen? (laughs) Things looked pretty dark just just a few days before the crucifixion. Things were starting to get out of control. Things looked pretty bad on Thursday evening and into Friday. Think about it. Those were dark days. Thursday and Friday, Judas took money, and that longtime companion of Jesus betrayed him with a kiss. On Thursday and Friday, they held this mock trial for Jesus, and witnesses were called in to lie. Imagine the darkness of that day when the followers of Jesus heard the terrible sounds of the whip as it swished through the air and ripped into the flesh of our Savior. Remember when they placed the crown of thorns on his head. Remember how the blood flowed from those thorns. That was a dark day. But dark days do not last. I imagine the mouths of those who spit on Jesus would have gone dry if they had known whom they were spitting on. It was a dark day when Jesus was led down the road, forced to carry his own cross, while the crowds yelled and cursed him. It was a dark day when they lay our Savior on that cross and they drove those wicked spikes into his hands and his feet. Remember the two thieves on either side of him, how they cursed one of them cursed him? Remember when the religious leaders made fun of him and told Jesus to take himself off the cross, even though he was up there dying for them? That was a dark day. Remember when God turned his back on Jesus, and for the first time in all of eternity, Jesus was cut off from the fellowship with his father. Do you remember how Jesus cried out and asked God why he had forsaken him and how darkness literally covered the earth? Remember when Jesus told his mother goodbye? Can anything known to man match the grief Mary must have felt as she cried at the foot of her son and her savior? Let me tell you, that was a dark day. But look, That tomb is empty. Dark days do not last. Was there ever a darker day than that day when they placed Jesus in the tomb and they rolled the stone in front of it and they sealed it and they put Roman soldiers in front of it to guard it? It seemed that all the disciples had devoted their lives to all of it was over. They had left their families, they had left their homes, they had left their careers. They had abandoned all their possessions. They had placed all their hopes in Jesus. And now he was laying in a tomb with a stone rolled in front of the entrance. He was stuck inside. That was a dark day. But look, that tomb's empty, sorry. (laughs) Dark days do not last. The empty tomb is a reminder that because Jesus is alive, we know that dark days do not last. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're enduring. I don't know what bills you have stacked up, and I don't know what friends you've hurt or what friends have hurt you. I don't know what family has abandoned you. I don't know what illness has struck you. I don't know what people have neglected you. I don't know what setback has frightened you, but I do know this. Say it with me. Dark Dark days will not last. Jesus is alive, and because of that, we know that. But I also know that because Jesus is alive, nothing is beyond God's power. On that Friday, the Romans did everything they knew how to ensure that Jesus was dead. They beat him. They crucified him, they drove a spear into his side, they put him in a tomb, they rolled a rock in front of the tomb, they sealed the tomb, they put guards in front of the tomb, made sure that nobody would mess with it. I'm sure the Pharisees stood, you know, watch over the Roman guards to make sure. And looking over their shoulders as well was the enemy. He was at work too, believe me. He he sent a spirit of fear against the disciples. What did the disciples do on that Saturday? It says they hid behind locked doors. They were terrified. The enemy strengthened the hand that held the whip and guided the hand that drove the spear. The Romans, the religious leaders, and the enemy did everything they knew to make sure that Jesus was dead And they wanted to make sure that he remained that way. Matthew 28, 5 and 6 says, The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. I know you're looking for Jesus who was dead. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Now let me tell you, my friend, because Jesus lives, I know that nothing is beyond God's control. You can look at that empty tomb and remember our resurrected Savior and remember that nothing is beyond God's control. It may seem right now that everything and everyone is against you. It may seem like you are in an impossible situation. It may seem that nothing can fix your problem. You may feel that no one can help you. But Isaiah 54:17 says no weapon formed against you will will succeed, and you will refute any accusation raised against you in court. This is the heritage of the Lord's servants. Jesus himself said, John, in 1633, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, and you will have suffering in this world, but be courageous, because I have overcome the world. I have conquered the world. Jesus is living and because he lives, I know that dark days will not last and I know that nothing is beyond God's power. But I also know that hard times are never wasted. You may have gone through a dark time and through God's power, you may have come out the other side. Let me tell you something, that dark time will not be wasted on the day Jesus was tortured and crucified, it didn't make sense. The followers who witnessed it, they didn't understand. If Jesus really was the Messiah, and he was, what in the world could be accomplished by his suffering and his death? Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is alive, and I know that hard times are never wasted. I can speak from experience. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, but he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Jesus went through all of that for us. Jesus went through all of that for you. His hard times were not wasted, and if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, yours aren't either. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, there is a condition in that verse. I am not here to say that everybody in the world, everything is going to work for their good. There is a condition, I don't know if you heard it, it says of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. If you are not a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, if you haven't made him Lord and Savior of your life, then the hard times you go through aren't guaranteed to bring any good about in your life. That's the reality. That's the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world. But if you are a follower of Christ, if you have asked him to forgive you of your sins and have invited him to come and be Lord and Savior of your life, then the pain that comes your way comes with a promise. It will be used for good. Because Jesus lives, I know dark days don't last. Because he lives, I know that nothing is beyond God's control. Because he lives, I know that hard times are never wasted. And finally, because he lives, I know better days are coming. Amen? Amen? When you get past the grief and when you get past the pain, when you get past the hard times, we know that better days are coming. It seemed like hard times were, were, were there to stay. The, the disciples were confused and they thought this is the new normal. But look at the empty tomb, right? Nothing is beyond God's power. Those hard times aren't wasted, and better days are coming. Today we celebrate God's gift of his son, Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. And he is one. He is the victor. So what do you do with a gift? He has given us this beautiful gift. What do you do when somebody gives you a gift? Say thank, thank, you. thank you. You receive it, right? You say, yes, thank you. I'll take that gift. If, if you've not received the gift of salvation, you can today. That's available to you. Admit your need of a savior. Turn away from the sin and selfishness of your life. Believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he not only died for your sins, but that he rose again. Amen. And confess him as Lord and savior. Romans 10, nine and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Thank you. <laughs> for it is written, uh, with your heart that it, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, how do you receive a gift? By believing and confessing, you just reach out and take it. It's there for you. You go to the empty tomb believing that Christ has raised, has been risen from the dead and you receive that gift of salvation. So I, I had a whole sermon written, um, but I woke up this morning and the Lord said, um, can you pretty please throw that away? And um, said, and instead, can you, can you say what I tell you to say, not what you want to say? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll do that. So I rushed to the church this morning and I typed up what I felt God was saying to me and in my heart. And I, I just really feel God saying to me this morning, this isn't something that we do a lot here and I, I don't know why, it's just not something we do a lot. But I wanna make an opportunity for anyone to receive Christ who may not know him as their personal savior. It's the most precious gift you can ever receive. If you're here today you you know, and you're not saved, You're looking for something, that's why you're here, right? So I just want to make an opportunity. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And if there's someone here who would like to receive Jesus as their their personal Savior, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Great, I see you. Thank you. Yep. Awesome, I see you. Thank you. Great, thank you. All right, I'm going to pray these words, and in your heart, you just uh, pray them along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead, and I turn from my sin and invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the family, those of you who received Christ this morning, let's hear it for them. Yeah. Grateful that you're a part of the family, and, and you can know that, um, you know, because of, uh, of Jesus raising from the dead, that, you know, hard times are going to come, but that they'll pass. And that all of the, the difficulties that you go through in this life, God can use those for his good. And so we're just grateful that you're here this morning celebrating with us. May the peace of the Lord be with you. you. Thank you. Love one another.